Well, I think we could. I, I, I think we gotta. I think we gotta say like you know God is doing something good, isn't He? You know I think we just gotta say that. You know it's uh, it's it's is good to be a follower of Jesus in this season in this moment. You know I just feel I just feel uh, yeah more grateful than I ever have to be His son. You know what a joy it is to be his kids, to follow him, to be counted in his family, his story, to be a part of the things he's building that, uh, yeah, my life could serve him. What a joy that I could offer this life to you. You know, I think, uh, I think I'm, I'm tired of needing the gospel to be self-serving. I'm tired of needing to sell Jesus on what he can do for me or for you or that persistence or perseverance on the journey is worth it because something good, you can get something good out of it. You know, I feel like something is captivating me that goes, your life could serve God, Brad. You could just offer this to him. You, Brad, could offer your life to God just that he would be served. I feel like there is such a joy in that reality. You know, there is just such a joy in that reality. I don't know. It's, uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, anyway, anyway, in, in, in the midst of that, uh, uh, yeah, I'm gonna, oh, we'll just jump in. You know, I feel like I've been taking some time going, God, what are you doing? Like, what's your purpose? Like, what are you, what are you after? What are you on about? What, what, what would, what would help? Like, what, if I focused on something that served you, what would you have me focus on? Like, and he, if, if in the last three weeks I've heard it once, I've heard it 50 times. It's, Brad, I desire unity. I'm like, uh, okay, well, let's go. What um, is this something I could do without needing other people to want that thing too? <laughs> you know, like, well, we can I make a donation or could we, you know, what else? What else is there? You're open. Okay, Glenn, that's good. <laughs> that's good. No, but, but he's, yeah, I, I thought, and, and it's not a new story. This is a biblical story. You know, this is this is through the writings of, of forever, but it just, I don't know about you, but I feel like unity just feels too hard um, in, in, in whatever way that might come. So I started asking God, well, God, like, okay, for me, for me, like, how can I help achieve your purpose of unity? And, and he threw this word at me that, that has kind of been messing with me, and it's what I want to talk about this morning, he said, concede. Concede. If you had to take a swing at that word, I mean, it's an unusual word, isn't it? I don't use it particularly. It's not a Brad word. I had to go look it up. But it's not that I don't know the word, but it's like, you know, when God throws a word at you that's kind of from the left, it's like, what, what does that mean? And the definition of it is, admit or agree that something is true after first denying or resisting it. 
admit or agree that something is true after first denying it or resisting it. Surrender, yield. That's, that's the full definition of concede. And I was like, whoa, you, you are trying to help me see that I am not surrendered. That in fact, there's a piece of me that's resisting you and that is what fuels disunity. And I was like, okay, 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 okay. I think, I think, okay, I'm gonna track with this. We'll, 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 we'll track with this for a minute. But I mean, I mean, it is, Leela and I, we are incredibly different people. And when we first got married, it was like, whoa, you're from Australia, I'm from Canada. You know, I'm a really good person. You're a really questionable person. This is Leela saying this about me. This is, you know, it, it, you know, it's like we were very, very different people. Very, you know, and it was like, how are we going to make an international life work? What are we going to do? How, you know, where are we going to live? What's this going to mean? It wasn't in my life plan to travel. I had no desire to travel. Ended up in Australia following Jesus. Had no interest in changing countries. Had no interest. I had a very like firm foundation in my life. I was very entrenched in a church denomination. Had a lot of opportunity in front of me. Had great relationships. I wasn't looking to go anywhere. Loved my family. Whole box and dice. Deep, deep, deep roots, you know? And then God unites your life to someone from Australia. And it's like, whoa, is my root system at risk here? You know, like for, for me. And so Leela and I, we stopped and, and, and talked about this in the process of our lives coming together in our, in our season of engagement. And we said, look, I think the only way this is going to work is if we just put our preferences aside and go, Jesus, we'll just serve you. Whatever serves you. And we said, like, we're not going to let this be about, I would prefer to live close to my family, or I would prefer to live close to my family, or not to live close to my family. You know, it could go either way. But it's like, it's like preference, preference is not our source of unity, right? And so for Leela and I, we had different preferences. We had different priorities coming into this. And we said, hey, let's try this on. Like, what if we, like, just go, all right, well, we've messed this up already. We've tragically disappointed someone's family because you can't live in two places so someone's going to lose out and you know really it was focused around that it's like let's just stay from the beginning that we'll just live wherever god wants us to live and i was like great i know god's gonna have us live in canada for the rest of our lives no i did i did no honestly that's why i thought did you think that leela yeah you were just like oh yeah well it'll be canada because that's you know Oh, Brad's got such deep roots there and it's all happening. We just thought that was going to be the deal. Well, clearly it's not. Clearly it's not. But it's like the unity that Leela, the peace that Leela and I have been able to have despite a wide discrepancy in preference is that we said, well, let's let the filter of our decision making, let's let what lands, let's let what we choose, let's let what we decide come from Jesus and we'll both just yield to him in that. I think... When we try to unify by having um, common preference, oh, there's no hope. There's no hope. There's not, not a chance. Not, no, no chance. We are not going to have unity of preference. That's not it. But when the life that I live 
become submitted to Christ from a desire that he would be served, we gain unity in his preference. When, when my heart desire denies my own preference that he would have his, we find unity. Do you know what I mean? I do not prefer to be Curtis's neighbor. <laughs> it's not true. It's not true. It's not true because someone said he's going to mow the someone said he's going to mow the lawn. Someone said he's going to mow the lawn. So maybe it will be my preference. No, it is my preference. No, but in all honesty, sometimes I prefer to hide. Sometimes I prefer to hide. Well. Now I got people that I work with living next door. What if the windows are open and I'm shouting at Ella and um, we go, I don't shout at Ella, but what if that? <laughs> don't be scared. <laughs> no, but Absolutely. my life is not framed around what I would prefer today. I had a preference. I was going to be a psychologist and live in Canada and be a, a lay person in a church that I thought was a great way to live a life and I was going to help people and some of those things are still true about my story today. This is, we're off the grid of a preferential plan here. You know, and, and, and I see that for lots of people here. You know, that yes, we have a grid for uh, serving God is not a preferential process of going, God, here's my preference. I prefer to serve you in this category of existence, and that's, that's what I would want. Anyway, we, we, we get that. But, but when our lives become so focused, so let's come back to this word concede. To concede, to, to admit or agree that something is true after first denying or resisting it. Surrender, yield. It's like the question I came to in that is, God, where am I resisting you? Where am I resisting you? And it, it, became, it became abundantly clear very quickly. You know, when you think about it, like, okay, Kai, we just like, we just like lobbed a bunch of Jesus bits at you. And hey, that, that didn't come from the spirit of God within you. So you got to take that. And, you know, it's not like thus they say it the, saith the, the Lulu. So go do whatever she said. We take those things up and we bring them before God and we let him filter and we land in from him. But it's like, we've heard things from Jesus about our life or about who we are. Would you say that like, it's just easy to take up that picture and just accept that that's who you are? Or is there some resistance to going, oh, I'm not sure if all that's true. Easy to take it up. I love that. From the people. Oh, that that's God, you mean? Yeah. yeah. But the things that they've said, like, okay, you're an incredible person with a beautiful heart who has leadership and influence and a purpose on your life. I, I see some resistance to that. Exactly. I hear it, I believe it. But actually, for that to become true means I'm going to live in adherence with that. And for me, when I look at the things that God said about my life and about who I am, I'm still resisting him. I'm still resisting him in my story. And, and he goes, well, who, who are you surrendering to if you're resisting to me? Because there is one to whom I'm called to surrender and one whom I'm called to resist, right? Who, who do we resist? <laughs> I resist the enemy and he'll flee. It's like, 
I, I get this wrong and I don't realize who I'm actually, you know, when the resistance in my heart builds towards the thing that, oh, it's too good to be true. Oh, that's too big. Oh, that's too much. Oh, no, it can't be that. Oh, no. Yeah, but you don't know. Yeah, but what about this? Or what about that? Or what about this? There is a resistance in my heart. I'm hedging my bets. I'm, I'm holding back. I'm, and he's like, I'm asking you to concede this. I'm asking you to concede would you, would you come and surrender to what you have resisted as true and accept it? I was like, oh. but, but let's come behind that because we can feel like, oh, that's a big ask or it's going to require something of me. You know, but I, th I, think we need, I think we need some truth around this. Let's start at 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9 and 10. This is Paul, he's talking about himself and asking God to take away his deficiencies or the things, you know, this thorn that he's talking about. And he says, but he, God, has said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. My loving kindness and mercy are more than enough, always available, regardless of the situation, for my power is being perfected and is completed and shows itself most effectively in your weakness." Therefore, I will all the more gladly boast in my weakness so that the power of Christ may completely enfold me, may dwell in me. So I'm well pleased with weakness and insults and distress and persecutions and with difficulties for the sake of Christ. For when I am weak in human strength, then I am strong, truly able, truly powerful, truly drawing from God's strength. Conceding feels weak. Conceding feels like a place of weakness. It does. It's letting someone else be more powerful than me. I've held on to this power that has said for myself, I'm not sure that's who I am. God's saying, like he's saying to me, would you allow yourself to be weak that my power might shine strong? Would you take up a position that says you are the powerful one and you are the one who's well fit. You are the one who, who can determine and decide and speak to what is or what isn't. And I'm not. I'm going to concede to you. I've resisted this. I have not believed it. I have. But today, I'm going to concede to your voice that your plans are true, that your words about my life, my identity, my existence are true. I'll resist it no longer. If it would serve you, you be the powerful one. You come in this weak state that I'm in, and the place that I find myself is incomplete and insufficient and not up to what you say, and then you, you make it happen. Because that's what happens. We count him out of the occurrence of our life, and we, and we feel that this is not enough here. There's not enough here to meet the words that are being spoken. There's not enough here to, to, to make happen what, what, he's, what he's asking to happen. And it's like, that's right. As his power is made perfect in our weakness when we concede to his strength and let him be the powerful one, what comes from our life is the power and presence of God to accomplish the things of God. And it's not flowing from me or my preference or my ability or my capacity. My life is now in the hands of a powerful God who will, for his glory and for his purpose, accomplish that which only he can. And I will not mistake that as my own capacity because I've found myself weak and I've conceded to the powerful one that his way might be accomplished. 
Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I have resisted you. And now I choose to point my resistance somewhere else. I'm going to resist the story that says God's not big enough. God's not strong enough. God's not present enough. I mean, maybe you're getting hassled with these things. Oh, yeah, he once was moving on behalf of you, but not anymore. He once was close to you, but that's not the case anymore. You know, this is coming hard and fast, and, and not just in one place or not just in two places. It's like the reality of God is being opposed by an enemy who wants us to give up believing that, that when I concede to him, he demonstrates himself. We, we, we hold on and we resist it. We go, oh, yeah, well, it might have been, but it's over now. I heard this thing. This is, this is a side note. Now I'm bringing this into land. But I heard this thing this week, Bill Johnson speaking on the um, Jesus Image. Is that what it is? Jesus Image podcast. Uh, has anybody heard this podcast this week? Yeah. Yeah, you heard it. Bill Johnson, Jesus Image podcast. He's talking about... Um, he's talking about... Um, the moments of victory being easy moments to worship God. I'm like, yeah. You know, and the example he uses is he says, you know, when the person who's waited 10 years to have a baby has a baby, uh, it's easy to go, my God is. He said, even people who don't believe in God will worship God in that moment. Isn't that true? That's true, right? We're not waiting for the victory to believe he is who he is. That's what this, this podcast was about, was saying, you know when the moment you get to give a sacrifice of worship to God is when it failed, when it didn't play out the way you thought it was going to be. And he said, we do, not, we do not create our theology of God based on our experience. We hold our experience in faith to come into alignment with our understanding of who God is. Isn't that a good word? Isn't that good? We do not look to our experience to understand our theology of God. We hold our experience intention to come into alignment with who God has said he is. He gives an example. He said, we have seen hundreds of people healed from what my wife died from a year ago. He said, I prayed, I fasted, I gave myself to see my wife healed. And he said, the moment she passed in the hotel room, in the, in the hospital room, he said, we worshiped God as healer. He is healer. Wow. What a powerful story. What, what we have resisted, we will concede. God, you are. I'm, I may not even be experiencing it yet. I might not even have the, the, the ability to, to, to say this is why or this is how, but what he says we will believe to be true and we will watch for our experience to come into alignment with the things that God is saying and we will not resist him, but we will resist that which says, see, look, he's not powerful. We've got to get strong in resisting the, the enemy who wants to come in that moment and go, see, he doesn't heal. See, you haven't got a gift. See, you did it wrong. See, 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 see. It's like, no, no, no. He's not changing. No, no, he is powerful. No, he is able. No, he is going to accomplish what he said. No, who he says I am, I am. Who he says I am, I am. 
My experience of that man might not be there yet, but I'm going to stop resisting a story that says there's a call and a purpose on your life to love. There's a call and a purpose on your life to see the things of God go forth. There's a call on your life to see the kingdom advance. It's like, yeah, but it's so small. Oh, really? There's no money anywhere. Oh, there's no nothing happening. No, I'm not going to let my experience define the truth of who my God is and what he says any longer. I'm going to believe and I'm going to cease to resist. I'm conceding to him. I'm going to concede to him. I've resisted you. I've resisted you. I'm going to point my resistance somewhere else because that's what I'm called to do. Right? I'm resisting the wrong... I'm resisting the wrong force, and now in my weakness, I'm going to come and see the power of God bring strength. Conceding is a weak place. You be the powerful one. You decide what is. You determine what's true, and you bring my experience into alignment with it in your time. Because I'm maturing, I'm growing, I'm being formed for a purpose, and my experience hasn't come into full alignment with the things that God has said he is and that I am, but, but that's just the unfinished bit. It's coming. I'm conceding no longer to the lies that are thwarting the plans and purposes of God. I'm resisting no longer the things that God says are. That's, that's, a, that's a, and what he says is in that place, with those who will concede to me, unity will form, and the power of the kingdom of God will go forth. What a cool picture. God, what could I do? What's on your heart? What's your purpose? Unity. Oh, oh, oh shoot. What else? No, Unity. How can I serve that purpose? Concede. Concede. Believe as true what you once resisted. Okay? God can do it. He will do it. We will see it. He's going to accomplish what he said. He's going he's to see through what he set out to do. He can make people one. And what would he do with that? What would occur in that? And maybe, maybe that lights your passion up. Maybe it doesn't. It, it, it's okay. But, you know, another way that Scripture puts this, and it, 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 maybe this contextualizes a verse that, that can tend to sound really good but be hard to take on, you know? Paul says in Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ. That is, in him I have shared his crucifixion. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith, by adhering to, relying on, and completely trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. Crucifixion is the ultimate conceding. You know? I'm not going to resist this anymore, this life. You be the powerful one. Not my preference. Not a self-serving gospel anymore a life laid down that you would be served, I concede to you. My life does not need to be served. Just Jesus. Just Jesus. I'm going to concede to that. You know, and we come right behind that. What's coming next? Oh, but you will be blessed for it. You know, like we just, we, we, we just want to sell it in there, don't we? It's like, no, I just trust him. I, 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 he can only act in his nature. If, 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 you know, like, yeah, anyway. Yeah. I mean, it's in Philippians 2, 5, 8, we'll end with this. Oh, no, it'll be one more. He says, have, have this same attitude in yourself, which was in Christ Jesus, 
Look to him as your example in selfless humility, who although he existed in the form and unchanging essence of God as one with him, possessing the fullness of all the divine attributes, the entire nature of deity did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped or asserted, as if he did not already possess it or was afraid of losing it, but he emptied himself without renouncing or diminishing his deity, but only temporarily giving up the outward expression of divine equality and his rightful dignity by assuming the form of, of a bondservant and being made in the likeness of men. He became completely human, but was without sin, being fully God and fully man. After he was found in in terms of his outward appearance as a man for a divinely appointed time, he humbled himself still further by becoming obedient to the Father to the point of death, even death on a cross. Yeah, you know, Paul's saying here, have this same attitude that your life does not need to be elevated. Jesus Christ, who was God himself, fully one with the Father, took this low position of being human. Like, just think about it in heavenly spiritual terms. God, Son of God, on the throne in the heavenly realm, created the whole of the universe by speaking it into existence, rules over everything that's been created by God. Picture him. Man is like ants to us. You know, like ants. Just like, you know, it'd be like you becoming an ant. Going humble yourself to become small, to become powerless, to become insignificant, to become, you know what I mean? I'm not trying to, you know, in comparison, right? Mm -hmm. To become man was, was a huge humiliating experience. Mm -hmm. To become so low, to, to, to not demand that he would be treated as God. And when you start to think about his life and the way that he came, who he lived with, who he gathered himself among, where he was born to, the people group that he became a part of, he did not come and shout from the rooftops, I am God, serve me, bow down. He came and served. He took on the rejection and then even further humiliated himself to be accused of things that had no truth and no bearing, and he did not speak to defend himself and then gave his life so that the price of sin might be paid for the very people who opposed him. While you were his enemy, Christ died for you. This have this same attitude in yourself as Christ. It's like we are not here to be served. We are not here for our preferences to be met. We are not here that, that the God of the universe would make my life great. We are here that he would be served, that I would concede to him. You have your way. I've resisted it. Leela, I resist you on things. No, we're not getting that couch. I want my way. But, you know, when I put myself in that position with God and I go, I want my way. And I'm going to concede that. I'm going to resist you no longer. You have it your way. And, and when the people of God concede to the will of God, to the purpose of God, to the presence of God, from a place that says this does not have to serve me or my preference or my story or my desire, but that you would be served, unity will form. We will be one with a heartbeat that says that God would be glorified. That our lives would worship him. 
What if that's the greatest purpose we could live out? Concede to him. You have your way. I've resisted it. I've resisted it. I'm resisting it. I'm going to start practicing conceding to God. You have your way. I'm going to give in. I'm going to surrender. I'm, I hesitate to even use the word because we're so, I don't know. I think God's using this word concede with me so that I don't just go surrender. Oh, yeah, I don't, I, I'm kind of like, I don't know, numb or um, anesthetized to that word. And, yeah, it's like, okay, lay down to your way. You know, but, but in the midst of this, we don't cease to resist. We, we don't cease to resist. You know, 1 Peter 5, 6 to 11, this is, this is us. We're, we're parking it here. Therefore, humble yourselves. That's what we're talking about. Concede to God. Humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. God, I concede to your power, to your hand, to your preference, to your story, to your will. I, hum- I humble myself under the mighty hand of God. Set aside self-righteous pride so that he may exalt you to a place of honor in his service at the appropriate time, casting all your cares, all your anxieties, all your worries, and all your concerns once and for all on him. For he cares about you with deepest affection and watches over you very carefully. Be sober, well-balanced, and self-disciplined. Be alert and cautious at all times. That enemy of yours, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, fiercely hungry, seeking someone to devour. But resist him. Be firm in your faith against his attack, rooted and established, immovable, knowing that the same experiences of suffering are being experienced by your brothers and sisters throughout the world. You do not suffer alone. After you have suffered for a little while, the God of all grace who imparts his blessing and favor, who called you to his own eternal glory in Christ, will himself complete, confirm, strengthen, and establish you, making you what you ought to be. To him be dominion, power, authority, sovereignty, forever and ever. Amen. That's a prayer I want to pray every day. God, that you would have your way. God, give me a strength to resist that which is worthy of resisting and give me a big, big surrender to your plan, your purpose, your way. Yeah. It's uh, it said most poignantly, and maybe we just should have started here and parked it there and said, go have a chat about this in James 4, 7. So submit to the authority of God, resist the devil, stand firm against him, and he will flee from you. End of story. All right, let's have a chat about this. This word concede, this idea of uh, accepting as true what I once resisted. You know, this idea of like a permission to just let go, let the preferences of God be our source. Yeah, let's jump into like, you know, three groups probably, three groups this morning here. I appreciate you letting me work my junk out in public. I feel like this is therapeutic for me. But, uh, you know, in this process, I got, uh, Ben, thank you. I just feel like just connecting with you on this is just a ministry to me, so thank you. I, uh, I, got, a, I got a picture in the process of this where, you know, really what God was saying to me is, in, in the process of talking to me about conceding, is he said, Brad, you're in a battle. He said, you know, you, you are at war. And, 
And he said, and you are asking the advice of your enemy when you don't concede to me. And I got this picture of I got this picture of David and Goliath, and I got this picture of David, you know, walking up to this giant who had a lot to say about what was true. I'm gonna crush you, I'm gonna spill your blood on this field, I'm gonna embarrass you in front of this whole army. Who is this weak boy that you've sent out to me? But David had conceded to God. And he said, Oh no. You are going to see my God deliver me and my people today, and you're going to be the one to go down. And he's like, you know what? When God's got you in a battle, you do not ask the advice of the enemy. You resist it wholeheartedly, and you hold to faith to the things that you once might have resisted. David walked up there, and he said, I'm going to see this victory because I know who my God is. And it's like, this is, the, this is where we're at in this, in this season of formation and letting God bring about in our lives what he intends to. And God, we will concede to your truth and resist an enemy who wants us to back down and back off. We will not wait for our experience to determine who God is. We will be those who believe and see our experience come into alignment with God as we take faith and walk a road. And so I just want to pray. And then let's worship him. But God, we are so sorry. I am so sorry for the places that I've resisted you and where I am resisting you. I concede. Come and be God in this place, in this people. Come and establish unity by your spirit that you would have your preference. That the truth that we once resisted about who you are, about who we are, about what you can accomplish, that we will now believe. We'll resist no longer. And God, would you raise up among us a powerful resistance to say the voice of darkness can fall to the pits of hell as powerless because our God is. Thank you, Jesus, that you are not changing, that you are not weakening, that you have not abandoned us, that you are not far from us, that you are not uh, absent from the places and spaces we find ourselves. We just, we just take faith and confess today that you are a good, powerful God accomplishing on behalf of your people what only you can. We just thank you. Thank you.